Well, thank you for being here and worshiping with us this morning. I want to invite you at this point in time to take your Bible, your electronic device, whatever you may be using, the Pew Bible in in front of you, and join me over in Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. We're in the 12th week of our journey through the Gospel of Mark. And we will conclude our series on Mark on Easter Sunday morning as we celebrate together the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Following that series, we'll begin a new series uh, on worship. We're going to take six weeks and look at that subject of worship and how it should impact our lives. But this morning we are in Mark chapter 12, and I'm going to begin reading with verse 28. So if you would follow along, the words will also be on the screen. Mark 12, 28. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that he answered them well, asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? And Jesus answered, the most important is, hear, O Israel, The Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And the scribes said to him, You are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one, and there is no other besides him. And to love him with all our heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices." And when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Each and every day, there is a huge battle that each one of us must personally We can sometimes think that our greatest battle has to do with a bad marriage, wayward uh, children, a boring job, drugs, alcohol, pornography, uh, not having enough of this world's goods and seeking to have more relationships with other people, we can all think that that is our greatest battle each and every day. But the greatest battle that each and every one of us face every single day is a battle that rages within our heart, whether we are going to love God with all that we are, with our heart, with our mind, with our soul, with all of our strength, we tend to focus on the challenges that come into our lives rather than the key battle itself. 
is are we loving and obeying God? And are we completely devoted to him? This same battle that rages for us today rages or raged in the minds of those when Jesus was walking on the face of the earth. And so in the passage that we have before us, we have a scribe that is listening in as a conflict is taking place. And Jesus is answering the Sadducees. And seeing that Jesus is able to answer well, he comes to Jesus and he asks a question. And that's the first thing I want us to see in the passage, is a question. Look at what he asks. He says in verse 28, which commandment is the most important of all? Now, for this scribe, he's one who studies the scriptures. He's one who studies the teachings of the rabbis. And the rabbis of that day had decided there were 613 laws. Not just biblical laws, but biblical interpretations that became laws and tradition. You might want to say, how did they decide there were 613? Because the rabbis counted the number of letters that were in the Decalogue, the number of letters that were in the Ten Commandments. And you want to know how many letters in Hebrew are in the Ten Commandments? Take a guess. 613. So if there are 613 letters, there must be 613 laws. That was the logic that went on with these rabbis of that day. They decided in these 613 laws, they came up with 248 of them that were positives and 365 that were negatives. You want to guess why there were 365 negatives? There had to be one for every day. So I think we can see where these rabbis were focused They were really focused on that which was negative instead of that which was positive. And they would argue back and forth about which is the greatest of these commandments. And they had the commandments divided up. These are greater, these are lesser. These, if you break them, you're going to have greater consequences. If you break these, you'll have some consequences, but not the same as if you break that other list. So this scribe has a question for Jesus. Which one of these is the greatest? So the next thing I want us to see in the passage this morning is that we have one question, but Jesus gives them two answers. One question, two answers. Follow along, verse 29. In verse 29, Jesus said, the most important is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. All right, Jesus starts out by quoting to them Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. Hear, O Israel. 
He focuses in on the idea of hearing. He's reminding the scribe of Israel who had just heard his interaction with the Sadducees and the opponents of Jesus. He had heard them say that, and Jesus is saying the first step is to hear. We can't move into what is the greatest commandment if we don't hear from God. And what's interesting is the word in the Hebrew that's translated here also can mean obey. Hear. Obey. You know, the, the, the key to following after Christ, the key to a successful Christian experience is to trust God and to obey him. So hear, O Israel, is also a call to obey, O Israel. Obey what God is saying. Now, what does he say here? He says this to them. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Actually, this confession was recited by every devout Jew twice every day, in the morning and in the the evening. And this is exactly what they're saying. The Lord Yahweh, our God, Elohim, the Lord Yahweh is one. Here is the heart and the soul of the Hebrew faith and of the Christian faith. Hear, hear, obey. The Lord our God is one. Now, he is one in his essence, and he is one in that he is actually the only one, the only God. There is none other besides him. And so in proclaiming this, they're saying, Yahweh is our God, and there is no other God except him. God and God alone is the one that we must offer our exclusive love and worship to. Our God is a jealous God. He will not share his glory with any. We must be focused on listening to him and obeying him. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. He says, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. We are to love God with all that we are. Notice the terminology he uses there. Love him with all your heart, the seat of your emotions. Love him with all your soul. That's your inner being, the immaterial part. Love him with all your mind, in your thoughts. Love him with all your strength, all that you are physically. All of this is to be wrapped up in loving God. 
He then says, the second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Right? The first one, vertical command. The second one, horizontal command. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Then notice what Jesus says. There is no other commandment. He is wrapping these two into one. One question, what's the greatest commandment? And yet Jesus, instead of giving him one answer, gives him what? Two. Here are the two commandments. Now, the scribe in verse 32 said to him, you are right, teacher. Now, that's a profound question, right? Here is Jesus who has all knowledge. And the scribe says, hey, that was a pretty good answer there, Jesus, that you just gave. God in the flesh, the scribe recognizes that he came up with a good answer for it. You have truly said that he is one and that there's no other beside him. And so he repeats back to Jesus to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Remember, the Jews were constantly bringing sacrifices. And yet the scribe recognized in what Jesus is saying that to love God, to have devotion to God, it's more important than all the sacrifices that people can bring. And that is backed up throughout the scriptures. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22 says this. And Samuel said, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams. Hosea chapter 6, verse 6. For I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. And Jesus in the parallel passage in Matthew chapter 22 in verse 40 said this, on these two commands hang all the law and the prophets. Everything in the law and the prophets can be summed up in these two commands. Right relationship with God. Loving him with all that you are. And loving your neighbor as yourself. That sums it all up. So one question, two answers. But I, what I want you to see next is this. There are two answers, but there's really only one answer. There's only one answer. These two commandments go hand in hand with one another. You can't have one without the other. 
You can't say I love God and yet not love your neighbor. And you can't truly love your neighbor in the biblical sense of loving him without loving God. The two commandments go hand in hand, so much so that they're really only one answer here. Love God and love. Being determined into the kingdom and who doesn't go into the kingdom. Now listen to what Jesus says. He says, and he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothed? you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. See, the devotion to God, the obedience to God, caused those who were following God to minister to those who were around them. You can't love God whom we have not seen and hate your brother who you do see. So that when these individuals are judged, Jesus says to them, well, it's because you did these things that you get to go into the kingdom. Now, does, does that mean that Jesus is saying, it doesn't matter whether you believed in me or you had faith in me or you trusted me? No, it doesn't mean that whatsoever. That's the beginning point. We love God. We are committed to him. We have given our lives to him. And because of that, it causes us to minister to those who are around us. We love them because God has loved us and he causes us to have compassion and love for them. Now notice what happens in our passage in verse 34. And when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, Jesus is speaking now of the scribe who's questioned. He's answered wisely. He said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. Let's let that sink in for a moment. You are not far from the kingdom of God. He's not in the kingdom of God, is he? 
Jesus says, you're close. You're close. In recognizing the truth of what I've said, that the most important commandment is to love God with your entire being, and out of that flows a love for others, you are right there at the threshold of the kingdom. So let me ask a question this morning. Where are you? Where are you? One of my greatest fears is that people will come to this ministry and come week after week after week after week. Hear the gospel proclaim that there is salvation in Jesus and in him only. And yet never embrace that. They may be faithful in coming to church. They may even be kind to their neighbors and those around them. But they never move over that threshold that takes you from being near the kingdom to into the kingdom. So let me make it very clear to you today. As clear as I possibly can. There is one way and only one way into the kingdom, and that's through Jesus Christ. And when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, when we obey and love and follow him, we are obeying, loving, and following the Father. And we are obeying the greatest commandment. And that will cause us to minister to those around us. But the question at this moment is, are you in the kingdom? Have you made that step of faith? That you're right there. Have you made the decision to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and to follow? Yeah. I remember the first church that I pastor. There was a man in the church, his name was Harry. I'll not share his last name. But when I came as the pastor, I'm young, right out of Bible college, and I'm pastoring my first church, and one of the leaders of the church came to me and said, Pastor, I want you to know something. He says, I don't think Harry's saved. He said, even though the former pastor had him teach in the church, and he prayed in the services. I don't think Harry has ever put his faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So I looked for an opportunity to meet with Harry. And it so happened that Harry was an older man, and he got sick. And it was a sickness that would eventually take his life. So I went to visit Harry. And of course, those of you that know me, I have one primary mission in visiting with Harry. I need to find out where he is spiritually. And so I start talking with Harry about Jesus. And I say, Harry, tell me what you believe about Jesus. Now, this is a man who's been teaching in the church. This is a man who's been praying in their service. He says, 
Pastor Butch, I want you to know I greatly respect Jesus. I said, okay, go on. He says, I think Jesus is the best man that ever lived on the face of the earth. I think Jesus was a tremendous teacher. And he stopped. And I said, well, can we go on a little bit more, Harry? What else do you believe about Jesus? Do you believe that Jesus was the Son of God? That he was God in the flesh who came to the earth and went to the cross and died so that we can be saved? Well, pastor, I wouldn't go that far. Which I said, how far will you go? He's a good man. He's a good man. I said, nothing more than a good man? He says, no, that pretty well sums it up. He's a good man. I visited Harry week after week as he was going through the dying process. Week after week, we would have pretty much the same conversation all over again to where I would share why Jesus came, who Jesus was. Harry was right there at the threshold of the kingdom. But to the best of my knowledge, he never took that step to be in the kingdom. And I think how sad, how terrible that you can be so close, so near, that you never take that next step and enter the kingdom of God. So I ask you this morning, where are you? As we gather here, there are some of you that you're in the kingdom and you know it and praise God for that. There are some of you here that are right at the edge of the kingdom, but you've never taken that step of putting your faith and trust in Jesus. And then there are some of you that you're far from the kingdom and may have little or no interest in following after Jesus. I bring you back to, though, what's the greatest commandment? To love God with all that you are. And friends, in eternity, nothing will matter more than whether you choose to hear and obey. And that obedience for us today is by us putting our faith and trust in Jesus. Let's pray. Father, there are some here this morning that are near to your kingdom. And may your Holy Spirit open their eyes and may they make the step of loving you, honoring you, serving you, and accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord.
and Savior. Father, for those of us who know you as Lord and Savior, help us in our daily battle and daily struggle to put you first above all others and to have no other gods before you. We love you, Lord, and we desire to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen.